You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter 14, I'll begin reading in verse number 1, and then if you'll join me on all the even verses, we'll go all the way to verse number 6. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. And let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the wonderful time we've uh, had already to be in your house. It's a privilege, Lord, to assemble with your people. I thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, those who are here today. I pray for those who are watching online, those who are listening by way of radio. I pray for all of us here today that the Word of God would work in our hearts. I pray that it would uh, show us some areas in which we need improvement. I pray that you'd show us areas that need to be fixed and changed. And I pray that you'd encourage us in areas that we need to continue uh, to, to continue in and to stay faithful in. And I pray that you'd meet with us and speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I read this morning and I printed a... Uh, a copy of the headline from ABC News online. Uh, I do not read the news every day. I don't listen to the news every day. I try to stay up to date with uh, current events. I don't always do that. But I thought it was amazing, and, and again, I don't know if it's like this every day, but today, this morning on ABC News online, there was not a lot of good news. And maybe I, maybe I picked a bad day. Maybe there's a lot of days where there's all kinds of headlines of, of good things and, and happy things and, and exciting things and, and, and special things. But let me tell you what the headlines are today. Some of these you know about. Um, for instance, I think most people know about the shooting that took place in Maine. The shootings, plural, and what a tragedy. Uh, it, that's the headline. Uh, Israel and Hamas, we know about what's going on there, I think. Uh, It talks about gun violence in America. It says uh, Matthew Perry dies, a a famous actor that that passed away. And then it talks about drones that were shot down in uh, Russia. It talks about a woman who killed her friend. It talks about a teenager who died after falling into a coma. It talks about a hockey player that had a freak accident. It talks about a live cluster bomb that was found in a thrift store donation. That's scary talks about two who were shot and injured at a, a university. talks about some uh, damage done at a nuclear waste warehouse in Russia. Uh, some of you uh, may want to uh, be aware of this, but apparently there is inflation with candy. And uh, it has now uh, reached double digits for the second year in a row. So if you're planning to stock up on candy, uh, be prepared. That's going to affect your pocketbook. There's a few headlines that I'm not sure if they're good or bad, but I don't know. One says there is a surge in sea turtles. I'm not sure how that made the headlines, but nonetheless, it's there. 
there's one that says that there's uh, poultry companies that are fighting pollution, and so I don't know, that may be good. And then there's one that talks about, um, let's see here, I saw another one. that Oh, it talks about a, uh, a union uh, settlement that was agreed on. Needless to say, there, were, there was not a lot of good news this morning from the paper. And can I tell you, we're living in a world where things are not getting better and better. They're getting worse and worse. And that should not come as a surprise because Jesus told us and the Bible reveals to us that things will wax worse and worse as we get closer to the coming of Christ. Jesus, in John 14, is speaking to his disciples. These disciples are days away from witnessing the the crucifixion. They're days away from seeing Jesus being carried away to be crucified. And yet, in the midst of all that, in the midst of the turmoil that the Jews were under, and in the midst of all the, uh, the, the, the oppression from the Roman Empire, Jesus says to his people in John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah for that. Can I tell you, it'd be good this week, maybe before you turn on the news, it, or maybe don't turn on the news, but if you do, before you do, to turn to John 14 and remind yourself of what God tells us in his word, let not your heart be troubled. You see, when Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, Jesus is giving the command, he is saying, do not allow your heart to become troubled. The word troubled there, it means agitated. It means irritated. It means to be frustrated. Now, in Matthew 24, Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. But Jesus said, although you may have trouble in your life, your life does not need to be controlled by that trouble. You see, uh, I cannot control what happens in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, but I can control what happens in my home. You can't control what happens uh, with everybody around you, but you can control your thoughts. You can control your spirit. That's why Proverbs says that we are to, to keep or guard our heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. And so Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled in verse 1. I want you to notice verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, this world cannot give true peace. This world can give peace for a moment. This world can give peace for maybe a little while, but that peace is not lasting. That there will not be peace in the Middle East. There will not be peace in Russia and Ukraine. There will not be peace with North Korea and China. And there will not be peace in the United States of America until we let the Prince of Peace have control. All we're doing is we're trying to to make things better and we're trying to put band-aids on things. But we need God to show up and to give a peace that only he can give. Philippians 4 says that the peace of God is what passes all understanding, and that is what is to to fill our hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. The, The command in John 14, let not, the word let, it means to allow or permit. And Jesus says, don't allow uh, your heart to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be irritated. Don't allow yourself to be restless. 
but rather let God control your heart. Let the word of God give you a peace that this world cannot give. We sing in uh, elementary chapel over at the school. We sing and our, our children do a great job with it. We sing the song, I've got peace like a river. How many of you heard that song before? Got peace like a river. And oh, they love to do the motions. Uh, we do, I've got uh, joy like a fountain. And I've got love like an ocean. And it's so funny, one, one particular chapel, just to be dramatic and just to uh, be more expressive. I said, all right, let me see your river. I've got peace like a river. And you know, this river, I mean, we got raging rivers and all that. And I thought afterwards, I'm not sure that's quite a peaceful river, you know. But maybe today you need some peace. I've got a picture I want you to see. And this is the peace that some people have in their Christian life. This is a, the peace that, uh, this is the river that some people experienced this last week. And next time you sing that song, I got peace like a river. I want you to know that's not the kind of peace we're talking about. Where you're hanging on for dear life, where you're going under, where you're hitting the rocks and where your, your, your rafting experience uh, comes to a, a crashing halt. How about, we got another one here. This one's, I think this one's even better. We got the man out here in front who's, who's airborne. We got the guy up top trying to hang on for dear life. Can I tell you, when I saw these pictures, I thought, that's the way some Christians live their lives. And you know what's so unfortunate? is that you don't have to live your Christian life that way. You don't have to be troubled this week. You don't have to be irritated this week. You don't have to be angry this week. You don't have to be bitter this week. You don't have to be critical this week. You don't have to be pessimistic this week. You can experience and I can experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. Thank you, fellas. We'll let you switch there. Uh, Otherwise, we're not going to think about the sermon. We're going to think about our next whitewater rafting trip. But number one, I see if we're going to control our heart, control our mind like we're supposed to, number one, we must have the peace of God. 2 Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John 16, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Aren't you glad to know that any burden or any battle you face this week, Jesus Christ has already overcome that. He's already given you victory over that. He's already gone ahead and cleared the way so that you and I can have peace in our lives. I'll ask you this morning to to examine your own heart and say, have you had peace this week? I didn't ask if your situations were peaceful and I didn't ask if your circumstances were peaceful. We all have difficult situations. But did you experience this week the peace of God? Can I tell you, you can experience it. I can experience it. If we didn't experience it this week, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. Number one, I see the peace of God. Number two, I see our position. The Bible says in John 14, verse number one, the verse does not end with, let not your heart be troubled. But it goes on to say, ye believe in who? In God. Ye believe also in me. Jesus said this, you know why you can have peace? Because your foundation is not in yourself. Your foundation is not in your business. Your foundation and your hope and your confidence is not in your bank account. Your confidence is not in a political candidate. Your confidence is not in a stock market. But your confidence and my confidence is in God. And I want to say this, maybe today you need to get back to the right position. 
Maybe you need to get back to the right foundation. You say, I don't have peace. Well, maybe you're looking to the wrong people. Maybe you're looking to the wrong things. You say, well, pastor, I'm at church, and so I feel good I'm at church because I got a lot of confidence in you, pastor. Well, first of all, let me tell you, I'm honored you would say that, but hang on. You can't put your confidence in a pastor. You can't put your confidence in a Sunday school teacher. You can't put your confidence in a missionary. You can't put your confidence in a, a church or an institution. Now, I hope you do have confidence, but your confidence has got to be in God because people come and go. Uh, people come into your life and they go out of your life, but I'm glad that God remains the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That must be our position. Notice in John 14, Jesus says, ye believe in God, believe also in me. But then notice with me verse number seven. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Verse eight, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Philip said, we want to see the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Notice verse number 16. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, I'm glad that we have the position that we believe in God. I'm glad we have the position that we believe in Jesus Christ, but I'm glad we have the position that we believe in the Holy Spirit of God who lives with us, who abides with us, who will never leave us. And you know what his title is? I love this. He's not the empowerer, although he has great power. He's not the counselor, although he gives great counsel. But he's the comforter. And the reason so many people have allowed their hearts to be troubled is because we've not allowed the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, to have control in our lives. Number one, I see the peace of God. Number two, I see our position. Number three, I see the place. Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I see the place, heaven. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a place where you and I will someday go and we will be there forever. For those that know the Lord as Savior, heaven is our eternal home. I'm glad that heaven is not a myth. Heaven is not a fairy tale. And don't you ever listen to a preacher or don't you ever read an author that tries to tell you that heaven is just your imagination or it's just a concept or it's just an idea or it's just a fantasy. I want to tell you heaven is more real than this building and heaven is more real than this pulpit and heaven is more real than you and I are here today because heaven is an eternal place. This world will all burn up. This world will be destroyed. But I'm glad to tell you that heaven will not be destroyed and heaven will not be crumbled and heaven will not deteriorate. We're going to a place where we will be forever with the Lord. That ought to give you comfort today. That ought to give you peace today to know that this world is not our final home. We have a place that is being prepared for us in heaven. Number four, quickly. I see the promises. This passage has several promises. I like these. Jesus said, uh, if I go, 
to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Aren't you glad that Jesus is coming back himself? He's not sending a messenger. He's not sending an angel. He's not sending one of the disciples. He's not sending a preacher. He's not sending a pastor. He's not sending a, a, a godly lay person. He's not sending a saint. He's coming back himself. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Uh, as ye have seen him go up, uh, so shall he come in like manner. I'm glad for the promise that Jesus gave that he is coming back. This book that I hold in my hand, this book is filled with promises. I'd encourage you this week to read those promises and reread them and write them down and think about them and memorize them and claim them this week. Uh, my wife and I have told you this story many times. My wife and I claimed that promise in Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We claimed that promise. We prayed that promise for years and uh, praying that God would give us a baby. And of course, you know the story. God gave us twins. I'm just saying this. You need to claim some promises because God is no respecter of persons. God's not going to do something for one person that he won't do for another. God is waiting for his children to claim his promises and ask him by faith. I don't know what promises you need to claim, but I'd encourage you to get you one. I'd encourage you to write it down. I'd encourage you to think about it and pray over it every day and ask God to do what only he can do. You say, but the things I need, Pastor, are impossible. Good. That's God's specialty. And if it were not impossible, then you wouldn't have to ask him to do it. But he is able. I think about the Sunday school hour, Brother Braley, and hear those testimonies of all the things that God has done bearing precious seed. Those are nothing short of miracles. Can I tell you, we serve a God who specializes in doing the miraculous and doing the things that we could never imagine. I'm glad that God is able and claim those promises this week. Quickly, number five, I see the person. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus said in verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm glad for the person of Jesus Christ. Our our. A church is not built upon a man. Our church is not built upon the founding members. Our church is not built upon a pastor. Our church is not built upon human hands. Our church is built upon Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the one upon which this church is built. And he said that he would continue to build it. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Take comfort this week to know that there is a person. There is a savior who loves you. There's a Savior who died for you. There's a Savior who cares about you, who knows what you're going through. He cares about you, and he can do something to help you. Lastly, I see the plan. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You better have a plan. I better have a plan. You know how we talk about having an emergency plan? Uh, having a plan if there's a fire or have a plan if there's a, a tornado or having a plan. In California, we had plans if there were earthquakes. I hope we don't need that plan, but you never know these days. Crazy things are happening. But you can have a plan, and if the plan doesn't work, then you have what? Plan B, right? You have a backup. Well, I got news for you. 
There is no plan B. There is no plan C. There is no backup plan. Because Jesus said he is the only way. And if you're here today and you're trusting anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ to get you to heaven, you need to meet Jesus today because he's the only way you can get to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4.12 says it like this, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.